0: First episode of Warped Celluloid, the best podcast for far-out films. I'm your host, Jack Rourke, with my co-host, Chandler Williams. How you doing, man? How's it going? Good, Jack. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, we're just a couple of film majors in film school right now. Kind of casual, just starting a podcast just for, for the hell of it. Yeah. So uh, this podcast, first episode, I figured it would be best to introduce a few things. For starters, let's get this one thing clear. This is not going to be a bad movie podcast or the ironic, hey, let's get, I mean, roll up, roll up, gather up and see the freak, like, f- carnival, f- spook show type thing. Or anything where we just sit there and make fun of the movie because that whole thing has been done to death, in my opinion. And you know, it's just not lack of the fun. I mean, yeah. so it used to be mainly because it's just way so, so ironic that it's kind of intact, attached, and you're really not even getting anything out of this anymore, are you? Let's- yeah, we're basically just going to discuss each film. More like genuine appreciation. And not in the high art cinema, like, yes, this is a rather (laughs) fine film, yes. More in that, hey, I love this movie and I feel like more people should check it out and here's why. Yeah, just casual. Something a little more straightforward and. Yeah, yeah, casual. Casual review. With that. And not just like the standard stuff that everyone's seen and we want to go really, really weird. Trust me, at one point we're going to be covering Zardoz. That is going to be. That'll be an interesting experience. Alright, without further ado. What's going to be the first movie we're talking about? Repo Man. It's a mystery. Suppose you're thinking about a plate of shrimp. Suddenly somebody will say, like, plate, or shrimp, or plate of shrimp. Out of the blue. No explanation. It's a comedy. What are you doing? Don't do that. It's a chase. It's the forces of law. I'm on my coffee break. Against the representatives of discontented youth. Against the finest minds in government. I had a lobotomy in the end. Lobotomy? Isn't that for loonies? Not at all. And they're all in pursuit of a 64 Chevy Malibu from who knows where. Blam! Eyes melt, skin explodes, everybody dead. Repo Man. The story of the ultimate Ah. repossession. (laughs) Repo Man. Not just a job, it's an adventure. We watched Repo Man, which was so great. Really blew me away. I had never seen it prior to... Watching it. We just actually watched it before we started yeah, this we just finished it. Um, I thought it was great. There's yeah. a great job of world-building. I World. Uh, first discovered this movie in high school. Yeah. I had a buddy on Twitter who was I'm like, have you seen Repo Man? Or, man, have you seen Repo Man? I'm like, no. Right now, should I check it out? Yes. I'm like, all right. So I ran it from the library one one night after school. In school. I went home, put it on, and literally from the first, or in a few minutes, just the opening credits, I was hooked. Black and green retro CRT monitor. You're looking view at the map where in the way it's constantly frenetically like cutting the iggy pop the music, the whole vibe I got from like, okay, yeah, this is one hundred percent for me. It's a it's a strong and very specific vibe Yeah, that the movie builds. Before we get into that, I think we should actually like get into the story. We're not gonna go like plot or in point beat for B because that seems kind of pedantic, but we'll just, just like yeah. give you the like the Teams. little moments. And which is fitting because this whole movie really is just kinda of about little moments and like the little bells and whistles smaller details. But the synopsis goes a little, I mean, like, so there's this punk in, like, I mean, like, uh, mid-80s, mid but not mid the 80s, 80s everyone lo- I mean, knows, not the Stranger Things StarCourt mall, well, yeah. I mean, everything is covered in neon, and everyone's listening to, I don't know, Kajagoogoo. Talking Heads. Ta- I mean, actually, pe- there were more people listening to Talking Heads than you'd imagine. That was more, like, kind of the fringe type thing. They were, f- Talking Heads Were fringe? Well, starting out, yeah, but they weren't, I mean, yeah. they weren't, exa- I mean, but they weren't the, like, on the present they were they're popular but not I mean, but not literally everyone is talking about them yeah yeah I mean I would consider them more popular now oh definitely I'm oh, definitely anyways yeah they great. but yeah yeah I love them we actually there's one movie from the same year actually uh, stopped making Sense. it's a concert film they did with a uh, Jonathan Demi probably the best concert film I've ever seen wow Ooh, we're checking out anyway back back to the matter at hand uh, this being a podcast, we're probably going to get very sidetracked, but we'll, I mean, whatever, we'll just deal with it as it goes. So, Repo Man, it's about this kid named Otto, played by uh, Emilio Estevez, and I think this was the year before Breakfast Club, um, which makes it feel interesting, and they, I mean, because it's such a different character from the, he's, well, that. it's pretty, like, I would say, kind of similar character, but. Roughly. I mean, obviously yeah, it's the rough, same actor, so it's going to have something carry, yeah, th- there'll be some carryover, but, um, he's still kind of like a, a punk yeah, kind of like some, so, or someone who's kind of reserve, I mean, reserved, or more, I mean, more, he won't bother you if you don't bother him, but if you do bother him, he'll kick your ass. Yeah, and instead of being like a punk, I mean, uh, that he's like a, jo- he's, he's like a, he's like, like, an punk. Punk. Uh, yeah, like an actual punk. Yeah, like in the true punk. sense of the I mean, word, or not the cartoon Billy Idol stereotype, but like, you know, the mohawk, wearing the, I the leather jacket with raising your hand, like revolution, I and mean, that kind of thing. More of a thing. Soul, like a burnout. Yeah, just burnout. like a... Aimless direction. And yes. Yeah. Basically, he's like a kid out of high school who did, or I mean, who didn't have any plans for his, lo- I mean, his life. like isn't making enough money to get to college, so he's just kind of biting his time. Yeah. And he gets a job as a repo man. Yeah. I and mean, he just, I and mean, so Harry Dean stand one, I mean, one day just approaches him on the street. Or I he mean, gets gets him into stealing cars from people who can't make their car payments. And uh... from there, he just gets into the weird, or in the weird world of uh, that he inhabits. With uh, Harry Dean Stanton taking him under his wing, wing of swords, like showing him, like, okay, here's how things work around, around here. Here, um, Here's a little detail. It entails the subtle phrases you need to me- memorize. The funny, one of my favorite little thing, things about this is that how they have, like, a sort of repo man code, co- but they are just kind of a amor- immoral and they often yeah. break it. Yeah, yep. there's, like, no real point to having a code or following yep. the code. To quote a line from the movie, ordinary fucking people. I hate them. <laughs> I want that on it, too. There's, there are a lot of memorable lines. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Life of a Repo Man is always intent, intense. The ordinary people want one and a few others. Or like, okay. I'm not. I don't I had to torture you, but no hard feelings. Yeah. Like, it's just business. A. I shall not cause harm to any vehicle nor the personal contents thereof, nor through inaction let that vehicle or the personal contents thereof come to harm. It's what I call the Repo Code, kid. Don't forget it. Etch it in your brain. Not many people got a code to live by anymore. Hey, look look at that. Look at those assholes over there. Ordinary fucking people. I hate them. (sighs) Me too. What do you know? See, an ordinary person spends his life avoiding tense situations. Repo man spends his life getting into tense situations. Then we followed up. Assholes. Let's go get a drink. I like the. I mean, I like the dude who just sits at the trash can- or in the oil drums and like, starts like lighting stuff on fire and just rants about why driving makes people when people stupid and then talking like super like, existentially. And yet, and he ends up get, kind of being right in the end. I don't want to give away how, but that ending is something else. It really is. So, uh, you could like think of him as more important. Yeah, he, he's a side character. This movie is all about the little details, like the world, or in building, like the little, ca- or in like the food packaging, literally being like this minimalist Ikea yeah. thing where it's like Kansas just have like food written on them. no graphic design whatsoever yeah right the go- the government agents who are way less threatening than you'd expect like mm. things just happen but not in the, or the this is in in nervous drama but more, but more it's kind of absurdist comedy yeah just, that's that's what I really love like Some one of my favorite films have that just like kind of seemingly meaning Jim Jarmusch has this, quality, has this quality clerks definitely has this call quality with that David Robert Mitchell yeah, like under the silver lake, spe- yeah. especially. Which like don't seeming- worry, we are definitely talking about that in a couple uh-huh. episodes. Just you wait. It's like seemingly meaningless details, but just yeah. so specific, yeah, it's- yeah, you feel like you could actually, li- well, if not live in this world, you actually feel like you could know. You, you know, know it have? Right? Like you could feel like you could go, we're gonna go there. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's 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 beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Is an interesting choice of words. <laughs> it's certainly unique. I'll say that. Uniquely beautiful. Fair enough. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Anyways. I'm just trying to remember. Oh, yeah. Do we mention the car that melts people? Because there is a Chevy Malibu in this movie, and whatever is in the trunk, I'm assuming it's something ali- aliens or supernatural. No, but whatever it is, the government wants it. It's worth a lot of money to the repo men, so everyone's kind of chasing it. It's, it's like the, Indiana Jones meets. Like, it's, like, it's like the box from Kiss Me Deadly or the suitcase from Pulp Fiction. Yes, and the Ark of the exactly. Covenant. Which, fun fact, uh, Kiss Me Deadly is actually where this kind of trope originated from with the little glowy box of evil. Mm, nice. That I mean, that actually came from like a production thing because in the book it's based off of it was actually like a block of heroin and you couldn't mention drugs in movies in the 50s. Oh, wow. Alright, I mean, the 50s, so they just feel so, like, okay, here's like a box of like atomic secrets or something. Mm. something. There's actually a shot that I think is actually mimicked in Pulp Fiction. I mean, probably. It's it more of like is. someone opens oh, the bo- box and it's, like, they're looking down and it's like glowing. Um, it's like, like, like a, a trunk shot. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Tarantino steals a lot. Yeah, right. I mean, everyone steals I mean, a lot. I gr- mean, good him. artists borrow great artists steal, that classic bit. Exactly. Like, the, here's the thing. DePaul, right, he, people like, okay, I'm going to go on a tangent really quick. People like like, Tarantino was, like, the first to do that, but yes. guys have been doing that since literally the beginning of movies. I mean, movies like Brian De Palma was doing that, but for almost exclusively for Hitchcock. Yeah. Not for his career. Like, watch something like Blowout or Dressed to Kill. Those are basically modern-day Hitchcock movies. Blowout's amazing, by the way. I'd highly recommend it. All right. Check it out. Mm. You need to make me a list. Yep, I'm gonna. Oh, that list is gonna be pretty long. Man. <laughs> anyway, back to back to Repo Man, back to the to the main topic of discussion. All oh, right. We're, oh yeah, back to the the photography. And this is actually really nice. Not in the Roger Deakins, every image looks like a painting way, but, right, but more it feel it fits the movie perfectly and it yeah. and it accomplishes everything you need to like a like a cinematic a cinematically mundane. Yeah. Yeah, I th- it was shot by uh, Robbie Mueller, who works a lot with uh, Jim Jarmusch, and uh, he's worked with Alex Cox before. He's also worked with Ben Venders, is Vendors, the guy immensely talented cinematographer. Oh or, yeah, like his work on Dead or I mean, Dead Man is next level. Dead, good. Dead Man is, oh, it's it's yeah, amazing. Jim. We will definitely be talking about that one day. Yes. Yep. I'm sad. I'm sad he's gone though, because he was. I mean, he had a, such an odd, like a raw. I mean, he had a knack for capturing like raw, I mean, rawness. He, yeah. Like nothing, nothing was too glossy or like beautiful, shiny. Although it did, it did actually look, remind me of how good LA looked in the eighties, where with those like those bright pink sunset sunsets and how, ever how the color seems to come out at night. Yeah. And not just from like headlights and stuff, stuff, but the way people are lit. And like the part of that beauty was like it was so far away, yeah. like the city. I, we only saw like the dirty, gritty yeah parts it's, of the city. It's a it's grungy more. movie in every sense of the word, like absolutely. Which surprises me that this is a Universal movie. Right, picture pictures release. They didn't. They didn't uh, produce it. They distributed it. Michael Nesmith, uh, one of the guys from the Monkees, actually produced this. Oh, um, nice. Which is one of those interesting little details. I like it when, when musicians occasionally get in movies, but but not in like a deep way. Like, oh, hey, they produced this, or hey, they have a Quick role. in it, like Iggy Pop showing up in Jim Jarmusch stuff. Stuff. Tommy York doing the score for Suspir- for the new *Suspiria* remake, and uh, Joe Strummer showing up in uh, *Mystery Train*. Yeah. Speaking. Actually, speaking of Alex Com. No, Joe Strummer's also in a uh, Straight to Hell, which is a punk rock movie he did uh, back in eighty seven. Nice. Eighty seven, eight. For the record, uh, Joe is the lead singer of the Clash. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you didn't know. Yep. Yeah. Someone probably knew. You know, everyone knows everything that Everything and nothing. It's it's all it's all up in the air. Kind of smoke and mirrors type things. Yeah. The internet yeah. is weird. It is. So is this podcast. Back to the topic. <laughs> I at hand. Uh, Alright, now I remember what I really, one of the things I really, really wanted to talk about it. The soundtrack. Oh, yeah, the soundtrack. We mentioned. Job yeah, it's a. Right, it is kind of a who's who of uh, people, right, of uh, punk artists from the time. Not like the super popular, like the, remote, right, the Ramones, the clan, like the names everyone knows. Like it's a, kind of the ones that everyone reme- who is deeply involved in that scene remembers. Like Circle Jerks, Black Flag, Iggy Pop, Suicidal Tendencies, the, right, Burning Sensations. Fear isn't. Feels very authentic. Yeah, yeah, which is I think one of the best things about a movie is when it can have kind of a voice. Even if the story itself, or itself is kind of, kind of, if not eventful, at least not the mo- or the primary concern, the best it can do is offer like a unique atmosphere. Or if you ever the characters, like, I got something out of, or out of this, and, or at least I learned. Like Sean Baker films or have this quality, like The Florida Project and Tangerine, like, also I would bet money he's into it. Him, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, Nicholas Winingreff, and I know for a fact because he talked about it on uh, his video in the Criterion Closet. I feel like it's one of those in the know cult items for filmmaker. Yes, which There are many of. Or it's like it's a kind of a secret code. Like, oh, have you seen? Have you seen this? Like, yeah, you're cool in it. It's not just like essential, like you know, Godfather, Gone with the Wind. It's not your usual, your like usual textbook. canon classic, like the ones everybody know knows. It is a cult film in the true sense of the word. It's not like a film that you would watch in. Film school, like in class, but it, I mean, you'd you watch it in film school. You wouldn't watch in class. You'd probably watch it at like three AM with room with buddies on the couch getting like high. It'll be one you'll talk to your prof- film professor about. Yeah, I remember recommending it with my professor and a few other things. I remember it was it was kind of cool to have that effect about bringing out the dead, the Nick Cage, Scorsese movie from the late nineties. Yeah, it's about a paramedic who, I mean, basically, forty eight hours in the, I mean, his life and him seeing like ghosts of people he couldn't save and much of other thing or I things. Mean, it's a great. Great movie, that I wish more people talk about. Nice, yep. I th- I think it deserves up to be out there with Goodfellas and Taxi Job in terms of Scorsese. That's just me. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Of. Repo Man. It's the comedy about it is that it's is that it's weird, but it's not quirky. And I'm this is before quirky got kind of before it was quirky. It it got turned from less of an actual profound and more like an aesthetic that you can just glob on things. Yeah, like how Hot Topic is technically emo, but it's really just like a t-shirt.
1: Shirt, Like, like a no, this wagon. is
0: genuinely quirky and bizarre. Too. Yeah, it has a <laughs> yeah, like a quirky bizarre. I right, mean quality. I right, mean, like it actually has like the, focusing on little details. Like something's off about that. Like the government agents are chasing after this car, but they're not really being. And you know, how any any sort of conflict is pretty much wrapped up within seconds. And the picture of the um, aliens on the newspaper looks like genitalia. Oh, right. Oh, right. I completely missed yeah. that. I wonder if they were ever going to talk about this on like one of those rewatch... Or mean like, the Rewatchables podcast on the ringer. Because, like, there's to- totally stuff you could re- notice on Southern Point but- Viewings. And not in the pack like, every frame is so dense. Because, again, this is a very yeah. low-key mo- yeah. movie. Yeah. Right, the best way to watch it is, I'd argue, do- don't go anywhere like, Super mess, just get the Get the DVD, put it on, lay down on the couch, and just relax and let it all wash over you. Yeah. I like a, I respect a movie that has that kind of vibe to it. Absolutely, not all movies have to be like these two-hour pristine. I mean, like these pristine image biopics. That's the great thing about cinema. Is so, I mean, it's not just the stories you can tell. It's the mean, the variety of story. It's the I mean, to I mean, not just the story. story. What else can you, can you communicate with? Like character. I always thought character is more important than plot, and stuff like this is why. Yeah, yeah. But I, I can agree with that. And mm-hmm. in, in some instances, in some instances, plot works m- more than character. Yeah. Um, Ch- and vice versa. Yeah. It, it really all depends. It all depends. I, I, I took notes during the screen, during, like I remember you did too. Yeah. So, but I like I filled up an entire page. I think you only wrote like a couple sentences. I wrote, I wrote like... Yeah. I, I like the short, um, kind of seemingly profound monologues oh, yeah, that but, the characters had. Like yeah. um, when the... One of the p- yeah. other punk group members died um, in the gas station floor. He he talked about like how his or he, life he actually crying. wanted the li- or how he was actually one of the life. Like you can't tell if he's being or if he's being serious or he's just, or he's just fucking with us. Or, yeah. Or, but it's interesting. Like it's it, there's also the other little things like the fact that his parents are pretty much non existent. Like you see him in one scene, they're like they're glued to the television or in vision watching some sort of televangelist you are telling them to donate their money to a charity that probably isn't going to use the money for what it's supposed to. I feel like I've seen that trope a few times, like just yeah. parents. Yeah, but in the way, way you never seen it like this where you actually could buy someone to like burn it, like they spent, like they waste his college money, or a college fund on um, the that would be uh, Emilio Estevez's character, and on some sort of scheme, Ponzi scheme, I think. Yeah, like sending Is Bibles it, to the. Oh right, sending Bibles. That's what it was. Yeah. We, that no, actually, there's a they that pays off in a really good gag at the end with where they finally, does, where yeah. everyone's finally meets up to get a, go after the car. <laughs> there's one point where it uses like light, where it starts to, like shocking people like lightning. I'm like, palpit, is this thing, like secretly up possessed by Pal- Palpatine? Like, eh. <laughs> oh, I mean, the fact that they brought him back for the new, for the new Star Wars means anything can happen. I made him a one-off character. Of course, I still I actually kind of want that car. I mean that is, I think that's a range. Of, I mean, that's Chevy uh, hey, yeah, it, like neon. Yeah, green. like like I mean, that glows neon green. That's probably one of my favorite movie cars. It's out there with the uh, the Chevy Nova okay. from Death Proof, the one with the blind man skull. We're in lightning bolts. Well, the Interceptor from Mad Max. Obviously the DeLorean, because you can't do one of the. we list and the Ferrari from Ferris Bueller. Yeah, yeah, that that one's a good one. I actually, like the Corvette Stingray from Game Night. Because, like the red? Okay. Like that? I would. I love a Stingray. Mr. Driver. Um, Bumblebee. The um. Yeah. I'm gonna say. The weird thing is, like, we about Repo Man. Right? The cars are very, you know, just like texture. It's all wallpaper, paper, basically stuff to add uh, context. That's production design. Oh shit, the Repo Man are here. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what would you uh, give it out of ten? I probably an eight. Probably I was am just. I'm going back and forth between a nine and an eight. nay but I'm. Yeah, I'm just sticking with an eight because as I get older, I realize that. I mean, not every movie is a zero or a ten. Or a ten, and most often than not, they're either pretty good or just okay. Okay, and this is pretty great. The more movies I see, like,
1: the, the less more, special
0: they feel. Yes, exactly. They. The, Which sounds cynical, but if you think about it, cut kind of, just being realistic. And especially being in film school, like the movie's got to be really, really good. Yeah, it's got to it, hit you hard where it's it Really, really good. Which is why I'm yeah. glad I introduced you to Dead Man, because that scene, like, oh yes, that scene like bring an electro, a like a shot to a heart. Which we is we we're going to describe a movie that's um. Where really that's that low, where really low key and, and specific, kind of dry and. <laughs> leather, oh like, it's. Yeah. Oh, it's dry as a bone. Sure. Yeah, literally. Yep. We'll talk about Dead Man one, one day, Nay, but suffice it to say, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's like what if someone took the album cover to uh, Icky Thump by the White Stripes and made it yes. like, <laughs> I was going to say, not just aesthetically, but it kind of. okay, I have that vibe. I wonder if Jack White's a fan of Dead Man. That'd be cool. I'm sure he is. That'd, That'd very be weird. Yeah. I remember he showed up on one of the, on one of those, like, no, one of those History Channel shows of about um... like pawn shops and stuff What? like i can't remember the American Pickers, so, where they like, like scope out garages to find weird stuff Jack White was on there? Yeah, he was, I think he bought like a statue or a statue of a bear or, or an elephant I That's guess That's awesome A Tusk or something? Yeah I wonder, I like, speaking of which uh, we talk about like musicians musicians being in film, I kinda wanna see what Jack White would do pop in a movie, I know he had a cameo with Elvis and uh, Walk Hard Really? Yeah, he did. he did. A lot of people. I remember uh, Paul Rudd and Jack Black played a couple of the Beatles. Oh, that's awesome. Yep, Walk Hard. God, that's such a good... We might talk about that one. Walk Hard. Maybe. Like, I'm not sure... Because uh, we aren't going to talk about everything. We're not going to talk about, like, the famous... I mean, we want to do weird stuff because, one, not very many people talk about... Now, this stuff in a way that's not ironic, not, lol, let's just make a meme out of this. But more of, like, a um a genuine appreciation for the play like, let not not again not in the ironic, no, ironic not, or no. even the super pretentious more of, hey this is more like we're like guys like hey just talking about it and stuff like that kind of a, I want to say what feels like when you're a kid and you're talking about this but it's more, more enthusiastic is the word I want to use I'm sorry my brain is completely fried I wonder if the car I wonder if the car got out of the movie and started to me oh boy yeah, what you gave it a nine, right? Out of ten. Yeah, I mean that was my first time watching it, so right now. Yeah, it's probably. I yeah. gave it a nine. I was, I was gonna say this is just off the cuff, Yeah. Right? for you. And it's gotta, it's gotta soak in. Yeah. More, it's a, but... it's a good one. It's a good one to revisit. Oh yes, I think I definitely will. I kind of wish I might actually watch it again tonight and put it on the director's commentary. I got, I showed it from the Criterion on DVD, which the cover for this thing is amazing. Sponsored by Criterion. Sponsor technically. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're gonna, we're film nerds, so we're of course we're gonna. We're going to give Criterion on a shout out whenever we want to, because um, Shout Factory, Arrow Video, all those like specialty DVD outlets, because they're kind of doing the Lord's work in a way, preserving (laughs) cinema. I'm like, what other DVD outlets are going to put out? I don't know, Roadie. It's a comedy that Meatloaf did back in, yes, that Meatloaf. (laughs) Or it did in like the early 80s. They're deep sea divers and kind of preserving things. Was it Meatloaf in Fight Club? He is! Yeah. He plays, a uh, Bob. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah, Bob Bitchtits or whatever his nickname. That's his nickname in it, right? Yes. I was gonna say, I should probably cut that out over a second. Great character. <laughs> Great character name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think they actually got, a. Uh, it was our John Dexter or Stan Winston to do the effects for him. Like, Meatloaf actually didn't gain weight. I think that was actually, like, a prosthetic suit. Like, oh, yeah. Like Eddie Murphy and The Nutty Professor. looking. Like, <laughs> I think that was an actual. There we go. The optical effects in it... Bring going back to Rico, man. I lo- I really love how they do the car. I mean, like it's deliberately unreal looking. I mean, looking. It looks like the. It looks like the opening of heavy metal, kind of. I mean, with the, only uh, just more, less tactile, tile and more, more like an album cover, or like a concert poster from like nineteen seventy seven. Yeah, like clearly, clearly edited. Yeah, I opt- done in, po- in post, but it looks cool. Yeah. Even if it doesn't look real, it looks cool, and that's kind of a matters. It's a me- It's a memorable image. Mean, Memorable, yeah. Great way to put it. Yep. Anyway, I'm thinking we're run out of things to say because <laughs> it's first episode. We're just college students. We don't know what we're doing, and I guess that's a charm. One well, could argue that's a charm. I mean, I'm not sure how strong that argument would be, but it could actually make an argument. So uh, yeah, next week we're going to be talking about Route She's wizards. That's when we're going to get into the really fun st- I mean, Weird stuff. The yes, old-fashioned 70s psychedelic fantasy I mean, in the ways only route back she could do it. Do it. You know, it's a family picture. Yeah, yeah a family picture with fairy, I mean, fairies that are drawn like Frank post, I mean, posters. And posters and like goblin-looking thi- I mean, things inspired by old World War II propaganda films as their villain. This is motivation. Uh, that's awesome. I'm excited. Oh, we're definitely watching I mean, next weekend, don't you worry. In the meantime, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and yeah, we're going to be having a YouTube channel. Up and loaded. I just gotta figure out the technical stuff with that. See you around. Thanks for listening.